Hey guys, what's up? Uh, this is the Temple Podcast. I have new people today with <laughs> me, which feels pretty special. Uh, Angel and Jose. From what I understand, Jose, Angel, you've done podcasts before, or was it the other way around? I've done a few podcasts. Jose, you've done a few, yeah. and this is your first time. It is. But it's the first time you guys do a podcast together. It is. Awesome. So that's special. Thank you guys for being here. Yes. Um, so, um, as we were discussing before we started this podcast, which we had a whole last conversation. <laughs> we sure did. It could have been a podcast. <laughs> right? In itself. <laughs> but uh, we like to do, uh, uh, it's a community podcast where we just mention things that people that are trying to do something in the community. Everyone has a story, story to share. And I've been following you guys individually on your private accounts. And also like with what you're doing with your new company, Hatching, which I think is amazing. And you guys are from Tucson. You guys are Latinos. You guys are LGBT. You remember? So I, to me, it's like, oh, I have to bring them on because there's not a lot of people like us yeah. that are doing what we're doing. So I think that's important that we highlight something like that. Or I'll stop talking so you guys can each get something to say. No, I love I love that what you're doing because I think so much of what is going to help our community is uplifting each other. Mm -hmm. So I think this is really important. You know, we started Hatching. It's a personal and professional development company. We help people live better and work better. And we do that through a compassion-based philosophy that's rooted in wellness and well-being. You know, you can't work better if you're not living well. And so those things are intrinsically connected. And, you know, I've spent my career managing people, working in executive settings in the animal welfare space. So I've worked with in animal shelters my whole career. Mm -hmm. And it's been really, it's been an incredible experience. I've learned a lot, but it's also a really intense environment. Like you're talking about animal shelters where you're making life and death Bro, decisions. The fact that you do things like for animal shelters is yeah. also like, and I was telling Manny, a friend that we have uh, in common, um, everything that you guys are doing. And for you, I yeah. think Jose, it just comes so organic and so like natural to just, yeah. so you're a leader, I can see that, but also the meaningful work that you're doing. So that, that's pretty good. I mean, good. animals saved my life, the human animal bond. You know, I grew up in Barrio Anita and when the time where I was growing up, it was a neighborhood that used to be like this really great place to live where everyone took care of each other. And it still was like that when I grew up, but like gang violence and drugs and the war on drugs was like, I was at the epicenter of all of that. This was here in Tucson. This is here in Tucson, you know? And so my mom was really protective of me. And so part of what she would do is she's like, you're not going to anybody's house that I don't know. You're not going to the park to hang out with anybody. You can hang out in the backyard with your dog want this. <laughs> and so I just grew up with this love of animals that I inherited from her. Yeah. We had so many animals growing up. You think that's common in general or do you think it's more common in the Latino community? I think it's common in general. In general? You know, like yeah. I, but my mom was also like, we treated our pets like they're like a part of the family. But I, I've seen friends and, and, and nothing bad about them, but they, they say, oh, dogs belong outside. And I'm like... I mean, there's no, definitely no, some no. cultural truth to that. And I think it's just, it's all evolving. You know, I think the way our dogs live is a little bit different than, like, my dogs grew up eating, like, you know, menudo that looked like jello the next day. Our dogs don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think it's that, a lot. Was, because when I grew up, dogs were outside. Yeah. But then when I had my own dogs and my family saw how we treated and the, it changed the dynamic of the relationship. And now my mom has dogs inside and we had cats and animals and... When I grew up, it was like dogs are just dogs, but now it's changed. So we're evolving, I think, as as the culture is changing, right. and now like the dog gets more attention than we do. Sometimes, well, you know, <laughs> the human animal bond. Like, there's a lot of science behind the fact that it improves our health. Like animals, like lower our blood pressure, they decrease our stress right. and decrease stress and I feel levels. That. After a long day, better. just getting to Rio for me is like. You know, 
And so the work, though, to save animals in animal shelters is really hard and really intense. And so it's an ecosystem that's really reactive. You're talking about life and death all the time. And there's a real opportunity to help the people who are doing this work. Yeah. And so that's really where hatching has come from, is this idea that... You're still with, uh, you said it was with PEC? No, so I worked at Pima Animal Care Center right. for 10 years. I started off there scooping poop, uh -huh. you know, working in the kennels, and I worked my way up over 10 years to become the director. And then wow. I left to LA to work for a national animal welfare organization uh -huh. called Best Friends Animal Society. I was there for five years and worked in a, a few different, you know, senior... Um, leadership type levels. And then a few things happened. George Floyd was murdered while I was overseeing diversity, equity, inclusion in a big giant organization that is predominantly white. And here I am, you right. know, a gay Latino right. now like in charge of doing that work. So anytime you do that work with others, you have to do it on yourself first. So mm -hmm. I started to kind of like recognize all the code switching I, I have know. done and all the ways that I've compromised my identity in order to ascend in the workplace. So that was happening. My mom got sick and I started to kind of transition to being a caretaker. And in her final months, I, me and Angel moved here for six weeks to transition her into home hospice care. And, you know, we were, we took care of her until she died. Mm -hmm. So here I am years later living in my childhood home that like, I couldn't wait to get out of because like no, by the time no, I was 18, right. I was like, I want to get out of the hood. I need to get out of this circumstances. And a lot of, I had experienced a lot of things that made me want to like not look back, right? you know? And so now I'm in this situation where I'm home taking care of my mom as she's dying and I'm reconciling all these things. And I realized I need to work for myself. And I got clear, like the thing I want to do is help people live better. I mm -hmm. want to help them work better. I want to see people thrive. I like that you say that it's the work that you, that you have to help other people do. You have to do it for yourself first. Yeah. So yeah. whose house did I go to that one time? Was it your house or was it your parents' house? Yeah. So that was your house. Yeah. Okay, so that's not your childhood. No, that's not my childhood. No, oh. definitely not. That is a, Angel's parents' house is a beautiful home. And I Oh, it was. And I, yeah. your, your Christmas decorations that you guys set out, like the whole city, the whole village that yeah, you guys... Yeah. I was like, I sent my partner a video of it. I was like, this is crazy. It's like, it's so cool. And I think part of why... I've been able to do what I've done right. is because I've had a partner in Angel. So, you know, me and Angel will be celebrating our 20th year anniversary in May as a partnership, as a couple, you know, we're married now. And Angel was going through his own thing with work and stuff. And I'll let you speak a little to that. But yeah. it was the perfect time for us to like go in business together. You guys are like multidimensional. I know that everything that you're doing from what I know about you, Angel, is like you, you've recorded with like different artist you're mariachi what else do you do so i'm I, like uh Martin, you said i'm a professional violinist i've worked at disney and uh, at epcot in orlando i've worked in anaheim in accounting you're also i'm also um i was a financial investigator yes. for the state of arizona, the state of arizona. Oh, i actually managed uh, the program that oversaw arizona i created policies and procedures to help investigate allegations of exploitation mm -hmm. against vulnerable adults i trained law enforcement um, to how to investigate and prosecute these kind of cases. I was at uh, leadership in at Wells Fargo Bank for many years. Um, and now I'm also a small business accountant, so I do bookkeeping. And so I've, for years, I was just working and grinding and working. And, and it got to a point where we're like, let's, let's, let's like share what we've learned with others and help them not have to go through that pain of working 60, 70 hours a week right. and not really knowing who you are and being able to be present 
And I was I was on tour. I had amazing experiences with different artists as a violinist in mm -hmm. LA. Um, but I kind of lost myself in, in not being able to take care of myself. I wasn't eating, you know, you're on the road traveling, you're eating airport food, you're eating, you know, 7-Eleven, Circle K mm -hmm. kind of food. And you're not really focusing on how you feel and mm -hmm. if you're tired, if you've got enough sleep or if you're working out. So it was really a time where we, our roads kind of just were like in the right time. We, we thought let's, let's create something that, that we can grow together and share our experience as a couple, as an individual. And, and so I think hatching is a variety of things. It's the experience he brings, it's the experience I bring and it's the Which relationship better, together, right. you know, that, yeah, that, it's just that, that was going to be kind of my question that I have for you guys. What's the inspo behind hatching? But you just answered yeah. it. So, yeah. what are the well? It's a two part question. Now, what are the challenges that you guys have as as like a CEO of the company? Let's say on a professional level. How long ago did you guys start this? A year. A, a year, year ago. Just about so, a year. Um, in full transparency, is there something you can share that that that? you guys saw that mile, that either a milestone or a challenge that you guys were, you guys encountered? I mean, everything about this is hard. <laughs> it's been really hard. Um, you go from, like for me, I'm used to making, you know, good money and I get it in my account every two weeks. It's the same amount. There's a level of predictability, which was so important when you grow up financially poor on welfare, not seeing your family and your mother like in constant survival hustle or mode, you know? So like it's, it's leaving that to like bet on yourself mm -hmm. and bet on each other. And so there's a lot of like, am I good enough? Is anyone going to pay for what I have to offer? Am I experienced enough? And so it's working through all the self-doubt, all of the scarcity, all the I'm not enoughness and still pushing through because we're lucky we have, we're surrounded by people. And I have Angel as my, my number one support cheerleader of like, I believe in you. There's proof all around me. You know what I mean? You will find what you're looking for. If you're looking for reasons to not belong, to not be good enough, you're going to find them. Mm -hmm. But if you also look for reasons to belong and I'm good enough, the evidence is there. Because right. if you're alive and you're listening to this, you have survived something, which means you have grit, you have resilience, you have a lived experience to That's pull awesome. from, right? So it's been really powerful because we're having to actually work through that. And there's times where it is tough and we do make decisions out of like, Ooh, I'm going to take this job or maybe this opportunity, not because necessarily I want to, and I'm excited about all of it, but because like, you got to pay our bills. Like there's the financial reality. And now we're working out of that because I don't want to make decisions based off of that. I want to make up decisions out of abundance, right. this belief that like money can also come easy. I've never seen anybody make money easily. I've only, I've always only seen people like us hustle work hustle, 60 70 hours right. a week have to do all that and that's actually a real reality because of structural racism classism and so all does, these things and with your guys's culture and what you guys are trying to teach people how does one find that balance between i either have to hustle or money comes in abundance how how does one find that happy medium i think what do you think angel i think it's it's the, the self-work that you put in understanding your your worth and knowing that building, you know, working on the traumas that you, that you operate from and, and not and being aware and creating that awareness. So, you know, it could be tools like meditation and it could be, um, therapist, life coach, and all of the things that you, it's, it's almost like you have to turn inward to realize what am I doing to impact the outcome? Right. And so it's understanding in my operating from scarcity. So, you know, if you grew up poor, 
then everything, every opportunity you're going to doubt because you're going to be like, oh, they're not going to pay for that. Right. I'm not worth that. Right. Because you've never been told or you've never seen an example of that. Yeah, people will pay for right. that. And so it's, it's, um, it's, it's hard. It, it's like a word, hard work with yourself and what you're doing, being good with people, being respectable. Um, and I'm glad that you guys, you know, yeah. And I'm glad that you guys are sharing this message and it's, it's really, really important, mostly for people in our community. Um, mm-hmm. Latinos, LGBT, however you want to say it. There's, we are in a community and in a culture that, when they see a benefit, when they see something about self betterment, they think, "What's the cost?" And a lot of times, even even business owners, uh, whenever I try to meet them, uh, introduce them to new people, it's always that first doubt of what's the time demand on this and what is the cost on this. And sometimes acting or making a decision based off of scarcity, I feel like that holds them back a lot. So, yeah. and it, I think that would be a challenge for you guys, right? Because you guys are yeah. trying to help people that are in our community that have that struggle, that they want to better themselves, but they also say, I, I, I don't necessarily think a life coach or a coach is going to be for me yeah. until they start seeing the benefits of it. And that's why we actually have a free offering within our company. It's called Hatching Hour. And it's a monthly uh, webinar on Zoom where you can register. And what we do is we bring on coaches. We bring on individuals that do these, that offer resources to help Mm -hmm. us live better. And because it is scary, it was scary for me. Honestly, I never thought a therapist was for me. I never thought yoga was for me. Meditation, I thought it was woo-woo-y. And it was like, that's for just, I don't know who, right, me. right. And so, that's for white people who well, have a lot of time on their hands. Well, again, it's what we know, right? It's yeah. what we were taught. So right? Right? these conversations at Hatching, we're trying to create a space to bring that energy and give it to people, give them a taste not and not scare them and show them, this is what it is. This is how it could help you. And it's almost like a one-on-one step, uh, you know, to meditation. We've, we've, we've done four Hatching Hours and we're going to do our fifth one on Tuesday and we're just introducing, creating conversations that we never had or saw growing up. Yeah, like the like we've covered topics on like mindfulness and deep listening, and you know, because it's all about what I've learned is what is free is the ability to turn inward and be self reflective. There's two things that I like to help everybody with, whether I'm doing one on one coaching, group coaching, or organizational coaching, and it's self awareness. We got to be aware of what we're thinking, why we're thinking it all of it and just being gentle compassionate with ourselves that doesn't mean being self-aware and judging ourselves it's and, being and really i think i saw one of you guys's post exactly saying that like self-love. the way right self-love it and talk to yourself there. like you would talk to your friend exactly and, and that when I, I saw your guys's post that kind of clicked for me right because it is it's all about like how i whenever i'm sitting and meditating i'm thinking about like i'm taking inventory of my thoughts and just like oh I'm thinking that i'm thinking that that's on my mind I'm paying attention to the tone in which I'm talking to myself. Is it kind? Is it gentle mm-hmm. or compassionate? Or am I being a drill sergeant? Like you should have done this and you should have do this and you still need to do this where I'm like very much in the past and in the future. So it's very much about being self-aware. Well, I think right now we're in a, we're still kind of in a, in a grit community that yes, work hard, but how does one find that balance of saying yes, work super hard, but also be gentle to yourself, you know, yeah. because for what I'm learning and what I'm working through at this point in my life is saying, yeah, you can work hard, but also be gentle to yourself. But sometimes that I use the, the thoughts of me saying I'm falling behind to say, okay, you can try to hustle a little bit more on some days, 
But if some days you're not feeling it or you're just feeling like you're out or you're, you're spent, yeah. then it's okay to stay home. Yeah. And, yeah. and sometimes while I'm at home, I'm still having those intrusive thoughts saying, hey, I'm losing, you're falling behind. I have this bracelet that says compassion. So this year, compassion is my word because I'm I need compassion for myself. That same thing, feeling guilty if, you know what, my body's like not feeling it. I need to take a break today. It's like, how many of us have on a day off, we feel guilty for like, damn, all these things are, are, you know, are, still, are still on the to-do list and I'm not doing it here. I'm relaxing or I'm, I'm having fun here. And it's like, no, we all deserve that self-care, that self-love, because if we give that to ourselves, we can offer it more to others. Exactly. Yep. And yep. something that I've learned um, along the, this whole process in the last three years or so is the more I would invest in myself, I feel like everything else around me would grow. Absolutely. Because I was always putting things outwards, outwards, and making this process better and this process better. But And again, tirelessly. Yeah. Until I said, okay, how better can this get? Because when I thought it was all the way as, as, as perfect as that process could have been, once I started doing that inward work, I said, okay, now we can take that to the next level by doing this, this, and this. Yeah. But that's through acquired acquired knowledge, basically. Yeah, and it's, it's a balance between, because you said the word perfect, and I something I'm working through is perfectionism. And I think we all grow up in order to survive, to code switch through the careers that we've had. We have to be, almost right. be better, you know, because we're gay. And if I, I grew up in, in mariachi, so mariachi is very machismo, and there's all... It's all men that have very straight ideology, much easier, you know, old yeah. school. And here's this gay, outwardly gay, married, you know, I'm out. And I had to act a certain way. And, be, you know, you always have to right. over, over right. perform. And so it's kind of undoing that that mindset of perfectionism. And be like, you know what, who I am, like, right. you got to accept it. And it's okay to it's, not be perfect. It's a hard it, it's a hard point to be in a hard position or place to be because I've been in that too. I was in mariachi for a little bit too, and also my family yeah. and all that stuff. They don't believe that people can be gay. That's not a thing for them. Um, but isn't it such a beautiful place to be when you accept yourself and accept that people will either accept you as you are or not? It, it, it doesn't. It's not within your control, so you can't do anything about that. I feel like that making that leap was life-changing for me mm -hmm. and and you living your truth and your happiness is an example to others without even saying it correct and that's what that's what we're hoping to do is just live our life be well, happy. i think this is what you guys are doing you don't you don't have to necessarily say it. that's what you guys right. are basically yeah. doing um something that i was going to ask you guys and kind of answered is that uh, the pivotal moment where you make that jump and i think that's what you said like when you jump from like corporate settings steady paycheck to starting betting on yourselves and having that mutual support to each other I, I, that for me was life changing too. When when I was downtown, I remember my business analyst told me, "You can't do temple and do corporate anymore. One career or you do your dream. Which one's going to be? Because you're jumping in, but you're slowing your progress because you're jumping jumping in with a parachute. Yeah, because you have, you have one that foot here, one right, foot here. right. So are you going to jump or what are you going to do? And once I made that jump. I learned parts about myself that I would have never thought about if I would have stayed in that corporate safe setting. And look how far you've come. Yeah, yeah. And the I think the message. But again, it's it's the culture of of having that space, steady space, uh, paycheck, or that your your worth is attached to the money that you make, what you do, what your title is, right? right. Like I remember, or, 
Right. No, go ahead. I was, you know, when I was at Best Friends, and even before Best Friends, I was, you know, working here in Tucson, and I was part of the team that transitioned the animal shelter from being this terrible place that was killing and euthanizing the majority of the animals there to, like, what it is now, which is a nationally recognized no-kill shelter that is, like, a model in the country. Like, I and my team was a part of that. So what that did over time is I was rewarded with money. I was rewarded with like validation and it felt good, especially as the poor brown kid who that's all I ever wanted. See me, notice me, am I enough? So then I started to actually get all of this external validation from my career and my identity was tied to that. And so I had to divorce my self-worth. But that's from that's kind that. of my point, like right. all, all the things you've done, uh, because you have to, because we're gay, because we're this, we, we have to go the extra mile, do the extra steps, do to stand out more. Yeah. And for people not necessarily see us for, oh, that guy is gay or whatever, right? Yeah. You guys use that as motivation to get where you're at. And that's kind of what I'm trying to work through this year. Like, mm-hmm. yes, it's use what you have and, and, and like having to work extra and all that stuff. But all that you used as motivation because you could have used that the other way and just right. not even trying to just become fully introverted, introverted and just, you know. Yeah. When I think, you know, anything. I said that there was two things and I, we, we've been talking about self-awareness. The other second thing that I work with everybody on, including myself, first and foremost, is accountability, self-accountability. I'm responsible for me. Mm -hmm. And I had this realization when I was, you know, young, 18, 19. Yes, I've experienced some hard things. Yes, I was born into circumstances that were beyond my control, that made my life extra challenging. But it is on me to decide what do I want for myself? How do I want to take everything that I've experienced and use it as fuel as opposed to something that buries me? It's actually something that uplifts me. I can take the exact same circumstances and I, and I get to decide what perspective to look at it from. And I choose now to look at it from the perspective that empowers me. And so that's the other piece. It's self-awareness on its own is useless. Like knowing what you should do is one thing and then you have to do it. And it's, and you know, part of it is about having a support system and support system may mean one person. Like everybody really does just need one person person in life. And so it is important to have that social connection, that kind of those people. And I look back on my life and I've had them my whole life. Right. You know, I've, so I can look back at my life now and say like, wow, we grew up poor. We grew up struggles. My dad was in and out of prison. You know, the ways in which my family made money was very stressful for me as a kid, as I became aware of those things. And so I can like focus and fixate on like that and become resentful about my childhood and and take that resentment and I can judge my mom and I can judge my family and I can create distance, which I did. I did all of those things. And when my mom started to get sick, I made this conscious choice of, I want to heal my relationship and my perspectives. And when I started going on this journey, which was my hatching journey, you know, when I define hatching, it's hatching as a definition is the act of tapping into your wisdom and your potential so that you can ascend with meaning. Mm-hmm. And I was meditating once and that came to me, that right. clarity of like, that's what hatching is. And right. we're going to do that by helping people live better and work better right. by teaching them the skills and mindsets to do so. Right. But it all came through this healing with my mom because I had to approach my mom and everything with curiosity. And I, and when I started to just ask her questions about why are you the way you are? I understood she was a whole ass person who had a lot of stuff happen to her too. 
And that's why she showed up the way she did and didn't. And I was able to heal that because then I could look back on my childhood and say, yes, it was hard. Yes, I was exposed to things that to this day, I'm going to always have to work through. But also my mom always told me, Miko, you can be anything. I believe in you. She constantly pumping me up. I was with teachers constantly pumping me up. And then I joined Mariachi at 14 and I met Angel and I got a partner who's constantly pumping me up. And so I'm here because I am like the result of so many people actually believing in me. And my goal and vision is to just give that tenfold to other people. I want to see them. I want to validate them. And I want to help people tap into themselves so that they can live better and work better and kind of change generational cycles of living essentially is like at its core, what we're after. Right. Yeah. And I I think a message to, to the, our people is like, there's, there's more failure and fear. Mm -hmm. And so like, if there's something that's inside of you, an idea, a dream, that's just like, you've always had, that's like, you think is crazy or someone has told you now you can't do that. You need to lean into that. And do the research, do the work one step at a time. That's what hatching everything that we've ever done. We've been fearful of. And there's so many times that I could have said no, that I would have missed out on an amazing opportunity. And so I think my message is like, go for it. Lean in. Life gives you so much more when you lean into something that you're fearful because there's more passion there. There's just, you know, you're fulfilling dreams and that's a whole other, that's a whole other thing that, that you, you just experiencing when you, do something that you absolutely love. You're self-actualizing. Yeah. And that idea of, you know, so many of us are in this hustle survival mode and I get it. I respect the hustle. I admire the hustle, but the hustle is not where we're going to actually find peace necessarily. It's not where we're going to mm-hmm. find clarity and where we're going to be able to thrive and ascend to live our best life. Like, you know, we're both, you know, from circumstances that are different than what we live now. And, you know, I think about where I grew up and how I grew up. And now, you know, we live in Santa Monica on Ocean Avenue on a cliff that overlooks the ocean. I don't say that to be like cocky. I say that because like, I can't believe it. Right. I'm so right. fucking grateful. Mm-hmm. And for, for that, I can't, and I can't believe that it's happened to me, you know, but I've always believed it. I've always seen that. And I think it's the, you know, society, sometimes our cultures, you know, sometimes friends and sometimes family, they, it dims our light. And part of why I practice so much mindfulness, meditation, journaling, things that make me pause and get go within and be introspective, it gets me clear on what kind of life I want. Mm-hmm. And when I'm clear, I can be intentional. Right. And then if I know what my intention is and, and, and it's coming from like my purest place of what I truly want, like deep down, like what Jose Ocaño wants, and if I'm aligned to that intention and I do little and big things every day towards that, you blink and you're like, look at my right, life. You're there now. You know, because right. it doesn't right. happen That's in right. one false sweep. It happens by daily little habits. Right. And it all starts with what you're thinking, what you're feeling and what you're doing. Because in life, and that's what we're accountable and to. And who you're surrounded by. Yep. Exactly. That matters a lot. And it's not just what you're surrounded by. What music are you listening to? What shows are you watching? What are you consuming? Like I used to love The Real Housewives, like big time. Like I would go to work at pack work of 12 hour shift and I would just watch Bravo and watch all these women like who live these opulent lives, like yell at each other and all these things. And I like was addicted to watching that. And now I watch it and I'm like, Oh yeah. Only because I'm like, this is toxic. Right. And I, 
kudos to anyone who still finds it entertaining because you know low-key it's it is i get it it's built to entertain us and there's nothing wrong with watching that as escapism but i wasn't doing that i Mm -hmm. was like that i was numbing myself through watching those things Mm -hmm. but those messages that toxicity it is like embedding itself you know and so it's like what you consume matters so um tuesday february 27th because i know you guys have to go here pretty soon um, there's a specific, uh, you guys are doing specific, it's the, the zoom that you guys are doing. It's relationship with money, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's on the 27th. We'll post it. Uh, we'll post a link. So that way anyone that's listening to this, hopefully they can join. Um, I also post your Instagram so that way people can follow you guys have one last question. Cause literally all the questions that I had to ask you guys, you guys answer them. Like okay. the way. <laughs> I love that. But, and I'll ask you guys individually um a piece of advice and this is something i want to post on my story so a piece of advice to your younger self if you could give a piece of advice to your younger self what would it be start with you angel self-compassion self-love i was so critical on myself and um i operated from that so i thought i had to you know i did things that i probably that i don't do now you know whether it's how i interact with people how I interact at work and it, I just if I was easier on myself um, I would have just been in a different spot so go you know take care of yourself it's the only body it's the only mind you have self-compassion self-love yeah honestly I think I feel really similar to that I would like yeah. I would just like literally put my hand on that kid's shoulder and let him know everything's gonna work out don't worry so much right enjoy being young don't grow up so fast Enjoy it because someday you're going to wish that you would have paid more attention to all the other good stuff that was happening around you. I was so in fight or flight mode for so much of my childhood. I think a lot of us right that way. And I just wish I could have just like hold space for that young teenager of like, it's all going to work out. And also like, look around you. It's not all bad. Mm-hmm. It's um, not all bad. Thank you both for sharing. Um, we'll post this podcast. Um, I don't like to make edits. So I'll just post it out. Yeah. Uh, thank you both for being here. Gracias. Obviously, Temple is always available awesome. to you guys yeah, whenever you guys so want to do something, us. some level of partnership. And we will keep you guys posted. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Thank you.